and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Season GM. It is another episode, and not only that, it is one of our special episodes that we do so love and adore. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> terrified of what you guys wrote. You guys are brilliant, and I'm betting Dollars to Donuts I'm going to freak out at one of them. That's right. It is time once again for Stat Blockapalooza. <laughs> as as Gardevoir clips the hell out. <laughs> well, when you're that epic, there's only so much your mic can take. It's true. If I it had a better mic, I would, I would be louder and longer, and it would be even better. I'd do you know, canto refreshing from watching Mexican soccer. But no, <laughs> stat block of Palooza. You know our stat blocks, and if you've never run into one of these before, we each came up with a theme to challenge the other people on the podcast. And so with three themes, we each had to create a person, a place, and a thing that then we would, uh, you know, mix and match and see what we came up with and give you all sorts of fun ideas and creative ways to use themes and our stat blocks. Yes. And, and the big, okay, so what, what we're going to do is we're each going to go with what our theme was. And then we will each do our our write up in that theme. Okay, so all right, so it is like we get Gardemanger's topic, and then all three of us will read what we wrote for that topic, and so on down the line. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jules, what was your topic? Oh, okay, I came up with something weird, mascot heroics. Okay. Okay. And then, Gardemanger, what was your topic? My topic was bucolic, as in a bucolic veil. Okay. Okay. And mine was Candyland. As you can already tell, this is going to be interesting at the very least. At the very least. Okay, so does anyone have a a D6 or a fate die laying around? Yes. I just cleaned, so no. Okay, so Gardemanger is one, two. Jules is three, four, and I am five, six. Roll them. And two. I go first. Okay. So bucolic. Get your bucolics ready. All right. I've got mine. The ethereal farmer. Some ideas and places are instantly soothing to a person. Well, to any person. A bucolic veil can be quite peaceful. 
The pastoral countryside, complete with sloping hills and a trickling stream, is an image any one of us can find inside ourselves. What you may not always see is the farmer in the middle of that vale. The countryside itself isn't uninhabited, even if in our minds we so rarely see them. Why is that? Something about the idea of the veil has permeated all of our minds. The subconscious image is a well of safety for all of us, but also a place where the ethereal farmer can elide. The veil must be tended, you see, and the powerful near-universal image of the veil cannot be coincidence. Is not coincidence. The slight pruning of our dreams, our own dreams, by this elusive farmer for generations hints at the secrets they possess. A swirling ethereal apparition you may see in the corner of your dreams, draped in blues and greens, needs something from those dreams. Can you find a way to ask what? Oh, that's cool. Spiffy, quite spiffy. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. you're next. Bucop. Who's next? Me? Yeah. Okay. The crystal ball of pastoral delights. While the rough cut ball of crystal looks just like a piece of junk, it is. Much more than that, though. The crystal holds an image within it of a quaint pastoral land. But don't look too closely or for too long. Or you might just find that you've been transported to the place in the crystal. How did this rough ball get such a powerful charm placed on it? Well, its charm may have worn thin on its last user, or they haven't been able to come to collect the crystal. For the transportation will move you, but not the crystal ball. Where does it send you to? Well, it has several features that are always present. There is a water feature, some sort, from a wellspring to a waterfall. The next would be a rustic setting in the world. Finally, there is some sort of cabin to house you in, if it is uninhabited, that is, which it usually isn't. Um, it transports you as you are at the moment you spent too much time staring into it. And the location is never the same. Also, there's no way of knowing how far it is from where you are when you look in. So it's a one-way trip. Hopefully you can make it back. Very nice. Very nice, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent and well met. Better words than I've got. <laughs> nah, Jules, now it's your turn with Bucolic. The veil. Sitting on the front porch, slow breath in. You're lucky. Mom and Dad decided to retire to the English countryside and were willing to let you stay with them to recuperate and regain your strength. Stay with us as a cottage and you'll get better, they said. It seems to be working. The cottage is cozy, bright with a lovely view. The clover-covered lawn is soft, lush, and smells sweet at sunrise. And watching the fog roll off the small pond at dawn brings with it an almost reverent peace. And Mom's garden is starting to flower. As you've gotten stronger, you decided to take on the task of maintaining the pond and the surrounding wildflowers, keeping the fishing pier in good shape, 
tending the lavender and building a bat box to keep the mosquitoes at a minimum. Till one morning, as you watch the fog roll off the pond, you see a shimmering silver figure sitting on the pier. Oh, you can finally see me good. Good. Then it's time for you to go back. She smiles at your confused expression. Oh, I've been overseeing your treatment. The dump shock you suffered left you nearly brain dead. We enacted the bucolic veil protocol to try and save you. It was a long shot. No one was sure if it would work. So many questions. You can't express them. What is about all you're able to get out? Veil. It stands for the virtual Avalon for lingering encephalopathy. Like the Avalon of myth, it is a place to heal and convalesce. But this one is virtual. A silver hand grasps yours, leading you down to the gate. It's time to wake up, Artie. It's time to go back. Your people need you. I'll fill you in along the way. That's awesome. I love that. Oh, thanks. fun. Okay. Yay. Awesome. Okay, so we have two left. Who is it going to be? It's a three, so that would be Zen. I mean, Candyland. (laughs) Okay, Candyland. The The land of candy. Or as it is also known, Susigkeiten land is a land that has seen many years of peace. Peace comes at a cost, though. The wars with Fleischland lasted for decades. One of the few residents that remember those dark days is Sergeant Swissroll. He says he saw things no confection should ever have to. He also did things for his king few others would ever have. While he can be a sweet and gentle person, his soul is fractured. Most of his days are spent in his home trying to forget the horror of war and mostly succeeding. His home sits near the majestic Gumdrop Mountain Pass. If you happen to come for a visit, he'll ask for news of the land as he doesn't go to court. His days of guarding the halls of the king, which he did before the war, are long over. And if you are forthcoming with tales, he might just show you his most prized possession from the war, his crystal ball. Damn. That's an evocative person. (laughs) Well done. Well done. (laughs) Okay. So who's next? I will go next okay, and tell you about Cookie's Corner. Sometimes all you need is a little rest and a little help. Oftentimes the world heaps on stress, challenges, and obstacles into your way. It can seem insurmountable. These are the times and the days that want a nap, or at least a break from everything around you. These are the days that can send even the strongest of people quivering into self-doubt and despair. The candy land known as Cookie's Corner can be found in most major cities, and even some smaller markets. Oh, to be a child again, and let some of the cares weighing you down slip loose. It's possible to do that at Cookie's Corner, because inside, everyone is a child once more. Trademark. The bright colors entice you, 
But even as you realize there are no safety mats, you stop caring and run to jump and bound with the energy of callow youth. It doesn't matter who Cookie is. It doesn't even matter if they're actually cookies. You leave Cookie's corner without remembering if you had cookies refreshed and lightened. Your own burdens are lessened and even relieved. The challenge, the question, comes when a contact of yours slipped into one and hasn't come back out. What is Cookie's Corner hiding? Delicious pie? A conspiracy? Psychic vampires? Or just a lucrative franchising opportunity? Oh, that ended beautifully, dude. I love it. That is great. Yeah. All of mine are connected and interwoven, taking a, a page from, that's a one of our favorite people, Noel, who is not with us for this episode. Yeah. Mm. All right, All Charles. Right, Jules. What's your Candyland? The Soldier's Journal. A soldier's journal was recently discovered in the Smithsonian's deep storage. Carbon dating keeps coming back with impossible results, and the contents of the journal even more disturbing. Tuesday. Been separated from my platoon for a week now. Spent the night in a swamp. Smelled like blackstrap molasses. I have no idea where I am. Saturday. Heard some laughter. Made my way to the edge of the forest and hid. The trees here are weird. Look and smell like peppermint sticks. Still no sign of my platoon. Monday. I woke up at night. No moon. Dying of thirst. I heard running water. I made my way towards it. It tasted like root beer. I must be going mad. Thursday. Heard identifiable noises. Hid myself in a field of black grass for several hours. Smelled like licorice. I hate licorice. Sunday. At the foot of this huge mountain, I recognize the stone piles as travel markers. The stones are gumdrops. What kind of place is this? Wednesday. They're closing in. They'll find me soon. I can't keep moving. There's no place to hide. And the smell of gingerbread is getting stronger. The final page of the journal is splattered in a sticky red substance. Early test results show that the substance is similar to blood, but there have been no explanations for the scent of raspberry jam. Oh, nice. Well played with your horror background there. <laughs> I, I I am glad you enjoyed it. I. <laughs> yeah. that was fun that right, one well. when she brought it up i'm like oh i can't make this just you know it's <laughs> like okay this is a diabetics nightmare with a twist <laughs> yeah all right so i guess we are down to me yours all right and mine was <laughs> mascot heroics let me introduce you to the fifth-generation hero. In a secret virtual chat room, icons for the three biggest console companies float in a digital void. The topic? Scalpers, thieves, and taking them down. Look, we're both facing a major economic hit due to the scalping issue. Normal solutions will not work. We need to send in someone, says Sony. Not Master Chief, no subtlety, and he may damage your products, says Nintendo, side-eyeing Microsoft. Microsoft glares back. Well, who would you recommend? I seriously doubt that Mario could do a damn thing except maybe overflow their toilets, responds Sony. I could get gritty, starts Microsoft. Nobody is that desperate, explained Nintendo and Sony in unison. 
then mirthless laughter fills the room. The icon for Sega materializes in a corner with a humanoid figure. I have a solution for your problems if you're willing to make a deal, says Sega. What can you do? You've been out of the console market for ye- uh, Nintendo trails off. How can he be alive? We sent a missile. There's no way. There's no way. A stone-faced gentleman wearing a gi steps out from behind the shadows behind Sega's icon. Who the hell are you talking about? Uh, uh, Microsoft gasps, slowly recognizing Sega's companion. Sega to Shanshiro. He went ahead and struck Norris. And he survived, whispered Microsoft. What are your terms, says Sony. Sanchiro steps forward, muting Sega with a simple raise of his hand. Interplay between all of your consoles and PC. No restrictions, no caveats, including saves and account transfers. In perpetuity. Sanchiro's voice, reminiscent of a samurai from a Kurosawa film, confirms there is no room for negotiation. All of the four icons in the room sigh and nod in solemn agreement. Segata Sanchiro nods, satisfied. His steely eyes seem to focus on something far away. He suddenly shifts the huge Sega Saturn on his back and explodes out of the room. A second later, his battle cry resonates in the remains of the chat room. Sega Satan Shiro! (laughs) That is fun. You know, I I came up with the idea because I actually saw a Segata Sanchiro ad and it was telling all the kids... Don't play your Sega Saturns. I know it's painful, but this is final season. I want you to study and study hard. And when the testing series is over, you can relax and play Sega Saturn. I was like, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's why I came up with the idea for the uh, for the topic. Okay. So, all right, next, uh, God of Manger. It isn't easy to find a champion. They're rare enough in real life, and honestly, even more so in fiction these days. So many anti-heroes and flawed heroes, a champion just seems out of reach. Technicolor favorites are assuredly something that soothes the mind. At least they would be if they were meant to be. The news has reported with increasing frequency these cartoons leaping into the streets to stop some manner of street crime. A cartoons in a solid form, able to lift and jump, helping those in need, and rescuing kittens from trees. Cartoons found on the sides of candy. The Toffee Tiger, Clarence the Cuddly Caramel, and Squeaky the Clown don't exist. But the eyewitnesses all say the same thing. Yet no camera has captured this surprising and unbelievable series of events. Nobody seems to have noticed one commonality yet. A child in the background of each tableau. A child seemingly nonplussed by what is going on just out of the camera's field of vision. A child with a turquoise pendant that seems to gleam ever so slightly at just the right angle. Very good. The legendary Mithrin pendant. Please go look at other stat blocks in previous episodes to determine what is linking not just everything in the stat block up a loser, but other things together in my ongoing series here. That is fun. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. I guess I'm, I'm the one bringing up the rear this time. Okay. The Homeland of Mascots. 
The homeland of mascots is a strange and otherworldly place. It is the land of where mascots come from. Mascots that are of all types and shapes and sizes. Before this land started to give rise to mascots, it was a dark land between two warring lands. The war left the land steeped in the bodies and blood of them both. While this may not seem like the place that mascots would come from, you would be surprised. It is because of the lost magic of the land and the war itself that made the land never want to be darkened by the likes of that again. How, though, can the land have wants and fears and designs, I hear you ask? Well, it is more than just terra firma. It had a bit of the spark. When it was used like it was less than it actually was, it was saddened to be overlooked by the warring nations. So it started to create life from the dead and dying. The bodies of the animals that perished were the better option for the mascots. The soul of them needed to be sweet and a drive to want to make others happy. So the blood of the fallen warriors of land were the perfect choice. As the mascots came to the fields of battle and cheered for the sides that they felt closer to, the combatants started to lose the will to fight. And that is how the homeland of the mascots came to be. I like, I like a lot. <laughs> so. <laughs> Check the show notes and you'll see all of these stat palooza entries uh, written up for you. Mostly edited, decently. But you can see our person, place, and thing. You can see how we played with those ideas. But it also means that you can tell us what you would do with any of those themes on the various social media that you already know we have. And I could repeat here, but yeah, why do that? Why do that? We don't need to do that. We all know what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, rate, review, and share. Join us on social media, etc., etc. All right, guys. <laughs> so now you have seen what we will do. It is time for our closing remarks. And then I guess. We will be getting out of here. So, All right. for closing hey, remarks, oh, yeah, I've got another book. It's an anthology of short stories called War of the Worlds Global Dispatches. It is a series of takes on the Martian invasion from the original War of the Worlds as if they were witnessed by other people of that era. Uh, Leo Tolstoy, Joseph Conrad, Teddy Roosevelt, um, Emily Dickinson, Mark Twain, just kind of the idea of various writers taking that perspective and writing in the style of someone else to do that. And so it's kind of a fun little way to see how a topic or theme can spur imagination in different ways. And so plays into the stat block of Palooza. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Me, I came up, I wanted to kind of shout out Alien Voices. Late great Leonard Nimoy and John Delancey uh, pretty much created a science fiction audio drama company. So they get a wide variety of Star Trek actors from all the Star Treks, and they perform a variety of uh, radio plays. 
Uh, they've done Journey to the Center, er- Center of the Earth. They've done War of the World. And there's a whole bunch of others. So it's kind of fun to see. It's like, all right, who's playing what? And, you know, it's how they kind of verbally, auditorily uh, interpret that that role. And it's just delightful. It really, truly is. And I own all of them. <laughs> oh, fun. Fun, fun, fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I have a tale, The Tales of Kirby City. So this is an... Uh, it's actually done by somebody that we have done a interview with who had decided he was going to start running his first game and it was going to be fate. And he basically found some friends of his to put together a superhero fate condensed AP. Now, most people know how I am with APs. Uh, I would rather play in one than actually listen to them. But he's got eight, eight, eight and a half episodes. The half episode is what I consider. They did like a session zero, but it was like later in the season. And they just had wrapped up season one, but it's not the actual end of it. And the reason that I know this is he's a buddy of mine. But... When season two starts, I'm in it, playing a new character. So <laughs> it's it's a little bit of self-promotion, but um, it's fun. He adds in sound effects and plays a little bit with doing um, some voice effects to make people sound slightly different from time to time. Throughout it, he spends a lot of time on editing that show. And it's it's interesting because none of them knew how to play Fate when they started. So they start by kind of just being there telling stories. And he starts interjecting the Fate condensed rules into the AP as it's going. And it's kind of fun. And interesting to see a bunch of people that don't know role-playing games doing it for the very first time. So, and he asked me if I wanted to play in the second season, and I was like, totally. So, I have a, uh, I have created a character to play in that. And we recorded our last one last week? Yeah. So, it's a lot of fun. You should it's, check it out. It does sound it. It does sound it. Yeah, you can tell that they're they're not used to to role playing games, but it's fun. Every to, game you know, is somebody's grow. first. Yeah, every right. game is somebody's and first, and that's something and that's showing that. It's a lot of fun. It's something that all of us should remember because we've played for a long time. But yeah. if the hobby is to continue and grow, it needs new players and new people, which means. Every game is somebody's first and you should welcome them. Yep. Yeah. And it was really fun because like when they, when, when season two started, he was going to start introducing lots more of the rules. And when he did it, he was like, okay, you're not going to, you're probably not going to have as much fun because we're a whole bunch of new people. And I'm like, no, no, this is exactly what I want. 
And so, yeah, it was, it's been, it's been really cool. And he, he's been really happy that, um, I've been there to help kind of explain some of the things in how the rules work. So, but yeah, it should be, hopefully new episodes should be starting. uh, There should be a new one coming relatively soon, I think. So. Very cool. Links in the show notes. Yes. So, uh, I guess that is it, guys. So, until next time. Roll some dice. Have some fun. And we will see you next time. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handle this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.